Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dutch Pro USA. Nutrients made for growers by growers. From the base nutrients to the explode booster. Dutch Pro USA is bringing you the essentials that all growers need without the extra bottles. Visit Dutch Pro USA or find their products on Amazon.com. And AC Infinity. Innovators in the air game. Providing state-of-the-art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit acinfinity.com or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. Today, one thing we should talk about is what I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, more than I probably should, because I feel like I've talked about it a few times, but people must not pay attention. How to grow weed. How to grow weed. Mm. Now, how to grow <laughs> tastier weed. How to grow stinkier, tastier <laughs> bud, man. More terps, more flavonoids. And it seems to be a, a common thing right now of a lot of the Zazas that are very bag appealing, but not very stanky. And I don't know why that's so common. I'm not sure why that's, this is a, a common trend, but it seems like people are more stuck on the look. They eat with their eyes, so to speak than with the nose and, and the, the actual flavor. So myself, and I feel like these guys here, we, we like good flavors. It's a big thing for me. P was a little bit let down on the uh, recent harvest, and it looks pretty. So I'm assuming it's because the flavor's not back in, correct? Right. Yep. Yeah, it's bland. It's, uh, it's weed. It's nothing special. Blase, uh, blase. I, I, as we'll, we'll dive into it, uh, you know, the critical stages of flower where you're really packing in some of those terpenes that, that later... At la- those later weeks, um, I-, I wasn't able to feed. I was in Vegas living it up. And so, yeah, direct uh, impact. You know, it's uh, where does the, say, um, element of trying to dial in your taste start? Does it start when you plant the seed? Does it start when you're training your plant? Does it start at the beginning of flower? Does it start at the flush? Does it start in the cure? These are things I want to hash out today. Try to get behind it all. So that's a good one. That's a good one. I think one of the first common misconceptions that we come across is the nutrients that are fed to the plant, right? It's often said that um, organic fertilizers are going to provide a better terpene profile than synthetic fertilizers. Um, I think we've discussed this on a uh, episode before. Um, That is a myth. Um, There's no, uh, actually, I just got off. Lies. Just uh, finished a episode with Dr. Bruce Bugby, and I asked him this. Oh shit! Did you really? Yeah, yeah I oh. asked him if organic fertilizers uh, lead to a better terpene profile, and he says there's no data to suggest that. So, as of right now, there's nothing. He had also uh, emphasized that organic amendments are going to break down to the same exact molecules that the plant uptakes, so that synthetic molecules are putting in there. So they're going down to the same exact form before the plant is being uptaked. So um, he says it doesn't make sense for organic fertilizers to have a better terpene profile than synthetics because it's the same molecules being uptaken. So I thought that was interesting. Man, we've got to see if we can sneak him over here. Work your magic, see what we could do, because I got some questions too. That's that's one I think a lot of people get stuck on is um, you're going to have a better flavor based on your nutrients. And it, it really bases down to your macros and your micros. Your plant needs to have those. How it's uptaken, that's going to be the argument with organic or mineral-based nutrients, dry amendments or bottles. But I still say that you got to have all the micros and macros in your plants to be able to get the best character profile to come out of there. Now, starting with that, I feel like we dial back just a pinch. It's genetics, genetics, motherfucking genetics. Because, man, I've grown way too many to not realize that the phenotype is a very huge thing. If you don't realize that the phenotype is the most crucial part of that hunt of trying to get your flavor, 
then you're fucking up right away. Because I used to do the pick and mix from um, Attitude, and I'd get one or two feminized, and I'd pop those for five, six years, one at a time. And I'd be like, this one's boof, this one's boof, this one's good, this one's boof, all random, throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks. And realistically, I needed to hunt the correct phenotype because you're going to get that character profile that people are you know, saying is the top one when you've got the right phenotype. So I think starting out, you want to seek something that's going to have those terpenes that you're into, you know, the character profile that someone's describing or the breeder's describing. But then you're going to have to realize that you may need a pack of 10, pop all those and seek that one or two bangers. And then that's where you're going to end up having the flavor that uh, you can start with. Then there's so many variables to build on there variables to build on there excuse me that are going to make it so they'll make or break what's already there that's where you can get the best out of it and i think we should go into that area with the nutrients is a huge part are you going to be able to go with a, a two three-part system and think you're going to get the best out of it when you're not feeding all your micros and macros just the micros or just the main macros and a couple of the essentials i don't think i don't think no. that's an option of course know? not i think the the big difference between the times of today and the times of the 90s is we're not using miracle crow anymore uh, we've we've got lines of can, uh, lines of nutrients that have been specifically tailored to the growth of cannabis, and we're starting to see these these bottles or these these nutrients or these proprietary lines that are starting to dial in what they think it takes to grow the greatest weed with the best taste and the highest potency. Um, it does start with new. Well, sorry, it starts with genetics. But once you've dialed your genetics and you think you've got what it takes. Um, I do believe it comes with nutrients. You know, if you're if you're not hitting them with the microbes, if you're not hitting it with a, a good solid line of nutrients that's tailored for cannabis, a, a tomato nutrient or a, a, a nutrient that's used to grow tomatoes won't be enough. It's not going to meet the specific needs of the plant um, at the particular times too. You know, you know, the 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 veg stage is much different in demanding for nutrients than the flower stage, and the the flower stage is much different in demand at the end of flower than it is at the beginning of flower. So having a tailored line of nutrients is definitely a part of the equation as to getting good quality terpenes. And having uh, controlled stress as well. Um, there's evidence to believe that uh, stress plays a factor in the production of ter terpenes, cannabinoids, um, all that stuff, right? So um, if you have a healthy plant the whole way, like the, the plant doesn't need to make secondary metabolites, right? That's not its its primary function. Um, secondary metabolites, the, the trichomes, what we're after, right? The quality with the terpenes, cannabinoids, all that stuff. Um, if you're stressing the plant, um, there is evidence that uh, you're actually pulling out more, you're creating more of those cannabinoids, you're creating more of those yeah. terpene profiles. So um, that's that's another area of uh, Dr. Bruce B's recent studies that, that he mentioned during um, my recent podcast episode. I promise it won't I'm be all so about excited. This isn't going to be all about Dr. Bruce Bugby. Don't worry. This, it should. We need a reference to point where we're talking some shit. It's not all bro science. We got a doctor <laughs> who's actually saying this stuff. So it's not just us. Okay. It's not just <laughs> us. And Chris is our middleman between <laughs> facts and bro fiction. So thank you. And I'm super excited for that episode, man. I know. Didn't we uh, see you excited jumping up for joy like a kid in a candy store at uh, MJ BizCon because you ran into him? Yeah, man. Ran yes. into him in person, got a picture with him, all that stuff. <laughs> yes. it, was, it was awesome, man. He's a, a legend, you know? He's definitely yeah. a huge contributor to this uh, to this industry for the past 40 years. I mean, he works with NASA, you know, talking about NASA funds him to grow plants. Space age pimp shit right there. I love Anyways, it. back yeah. on topic. Sorry. Back on topic. So <laughs> with the flavors, you know, we were talking about how the, the stress does play a factor into it. And that's a lot of what the 
the broticulture side of the old school hippies that of, of my family that I've known is they say, rough your plants up a little bit, beat them up a little bit. And they're going to react. They like it more. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be thicker, hardier, more trichomes for them. It was more sugar. Going to throw more sugar on it, be sticky and dank. And it, it, it's true. A lot of times is what it's going to do is a natural defense mechanism for these plants to basically shoot out some of these different cannabinoids to help protect it from different things, even pests. Like even if you're dealing with uh, a light mite infestation, there's not really a light mite infestation, but a mite infestation, you'll notice potentially even your trichomes and, and terpenes increasing while your yield is down more. It's a defense mechanism for the plant itself. The trichomes are going to try to protect the flower itself. So it's interesting to see some of the, re the results from stress. And it's usually induced stress that you're trying to make happen, not shit that's just random. But there's things that do come up that, that can make it a little bit more funky, you know? I think, though, the environment is a big factor as well. A lot of people will, will try to maybe change the temperature so it's real cool in there so they can get some more color. Or they'll have more of uh, they're trying to enunciate their trichomes in other areas. And it seems like then they're going to hinder overall the flavor or they're pushing that plant more. And it'll, it'll shit on that flavor a little bit. I think one of us, a lot of us fall in the trap of having temps too high. You know, we talk about environment. Um, we know that uh, terpenes evaporate. The temp different temperatures, right? The higher the temperatures, the more terpenes are going to evaporate. So, um, I mean, I'm guilty of it as well, right? Um, it, there's going to be lots of factors, CO2 and stuff like that. But if you're running a temp, you know, in the high 80s, losing a lot of trichomes there, you know, that, that smell that's happening in your grow tent, that's terpenes volatizing, you know, that, that they're, you're losing terpenes, you're, you're smelling the terpenes. So lowering that temp. Uh, but there's a there's a balance between it, right? Because if you're lowering the temp, you're reducing photosynthesis, the rate of photosynthesis, weight of bud production, so on and so forth. So you don't want to lower the temps too much. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's kind of a, a balance there between temperature and kind of retaining terpene profile. You kind of highlighted it at the beginning when it's a it's controlled stress. You know, it's it it goes for environment, pests, uh, disease. Um, if if you're not if you're not controlling that stress. The plant can't focus on what it's important. It's the same thing with human beings. You know, if you're if you're hungry, you're 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 you have poor nutrition, you're not going to perform at your best. Your your cognitive ability is going to be slower. It's not going to be as sharp. It's the same with the plant. If it's not fed properly, if it's in a if it's in a poor environment, if there's pests, if it has disease, these are going to be variables that are going to hinder its ability to to to. Uh, work on that terpene profile because it's just it's working on preventing stress and preventing damage you don't want that you want that it's got to be a controlled level of stress like and as you said through the training um light depth uh, there's 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 a few different uh now we did kind of discuss lightly last week whether or not light depth was um productive to the uh advancement of the terpenes and the cannabinoids cannabinoids sorry I had to break that down into more syllables um, but whether or not that, you know, whether or not that's true, um, you know, I guess that can be seen. A lot of people are saying that that 48 hours of darkness, uh, before harvest, right? Yeah. Chris, we touched on this. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, that, that we discussed in the, the video with Dr. Bruce Bugby. I mean, what, I'm going to be called Great. ass kissing after this facts. one. But, <laughs> bring uh, the facts, baby. Bring the facts. But this is the difference though. This is the bro science meeting the grow science and that for so many moons and like you, you're talking not to throw any names, but we've got some of the biggest growers in our community that still practice light depth. 
so uh, or deprivation sorry so or, or or let me be let me rephrase they they the practice that yeah the darkness before not not light up the, the 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 darkness before harvest whether it's the 42 72 uh 12 day i don't fucking know but it's like uh it, 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 there's a lot of great growers out there that are still practicing that so oh yeah yeah there's it, a lot of shit's done though with no reason why people just do it you know what i'm saying it's kind of like uh it, in sports how your corner will smack you like in boxing and stuff they'll slap you on your way out it's like does that really get you ready to get your head shook around a little bit before okay uh, yeah you know but we do it we've done it our whole fucking career 20 so years in the fight it. game let's keep slapping this fucker before he gets slapped in the face like people do things a lot of times without a rhyme or reason and i think that's another one and old habits die hard uh bruce b can we drop some knowledge there chris what did he say about that if you don't mind leaking a little bit before the episode. Uh, well, you know, it, it's tough because there's things that I say, things that you guys say that unfortunately are wrong. And, you know, we, we've got to, we stand corrected at times. You oh, know, yeah. One thing that I've heard, one thing that I've heard uh, in the past, and I think it's spread very widely, is that terpenes are produced during lights off. He says that's false. He says it's during lights on is when the terpenes are, that's when the photosynthesis happened and the plants are actually producing uh, the terpenes, the, the um, sorry, the trichomes, cannabinoids, all that stuff is being done during lights on. So there's no reason to believe that the the lights off period, according to him, does any benefit. Um, no shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. here and here you go. I'll play devil's advocate. I'll great. play devil's advocate. You know, it's if if he's only looking at um, the cannabinoid uh, production during the lights on and off. Are we are we are we measuring? Are we just using that um, that philosophy to apply to the idea that terpenes are not um, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he, so, he, so, there's no evidence. There's no studies being done. But so that's um, just yeah. going by science of what actually happens during I, lights on. He's so like aliens are aliens are real. Same argument. <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm just so saying. I'm just saying. Like so then. We so don't then have it, it makes sense, though, that that in, it could still be up in the air, you know, whether or not there is any conclusive evidence that shows that during that darkness before harvest, there is a proliferation of terpene production, of, of cannabinoid production. The only in particular, THC production, seen, too, because this well, is what the they say, is it becomes more potent. Yeah, well, I was going to say the only study that I've seen shows actually... Uh, degrading thc at a certain point it wasn't really a study it was just another content creator who actually tested some of his flower that one was i think 24 hours dark 48 and 72 and he saw an increase in certain terpenes at 48 and he saw a decrease in thc and some terpenes after at 72 so there was but that, that control is not that controlled you know so it's really tough to see i'd rather have dr b come drop some knowledge on that and, and this is where legalization sweeping the nation is going to make it a lot easier for us to have exact science where there's no hearsay and this person does this this person does that we know exactly what the actual information is because here's science that goes with it and it, it the main thing with with a lot of these things is you can do all this stuff leading up to it and it's, it's it's great you know it's perfect but at the same time you still can struggle at the end when you dry and cure or even step back a notch there harvesting your plant now i have have fallen victim to letting my plants go too far and and letting them go a little too late so then sometimes i'll pull them a pinch early just to see my my terpene difference and I've noticed certain cultivars I have, when they're supposed to be nine, 10 weekers, my trichomes are ready at eight. Or others that claim to be eight weekers, they're ready at 10. But then it seems like my terpenes kind of vary in those as well. So Headbanger is a prime example. I'll pull that at eight weeks and it tastes so much better to me. But it looks better and yields a little more if I let it go 10. 
it, it's a, a fine balance. And for me, a higher terpene is going to be a better buzz overall. It could be total just in my head, most likely the case. But I also think my endocannabinoid system latches on to certain, you know, cannabinoids and, and flavor is a big thing for me. Terpenes are huge. So how somebody harvests their plant is going to be a big, big thing. If you do it too early or too late or just right on time, you want to make sure that you're dialing that in perfectly. And do you dry your plant out before? Like on the, you ever seen that people drying it on the plant? Like just right. starving the plant and then it dries, the bud will dry on the plant. Yes. I've, I've been seeing this trend lately more and more and more. People are like, nope, I just, that whole room now I haven't watered in 12 days. It's just bone dry and the bud is like kind of crunchy and I'm like, whoa, what the f- fuck? But the terps aren't as much. There. I noticed the terps are always a little bit lacking. The bud's dry and it's good and it's ready to go in a jar, but it's like now he's got to cure for two months. As where when I just take the plant, cut it upside down or cut it in ha- from the bottom and hang it upside down, I feel like I get more like funk out of it. Always. Whole plant I, slow dry. I do believe that the, the you know, harvest begins at the tail end of your flowering period. That's kind of how I've, I've kind of, I, I, I still leech slash flush. And that's when I believe that your harvest starts. Um, you know, grow science, bro science. I do think that the, the less chlorophyll in your buds is going to lead to a better taste, a smoother taste. And I believe that that, that chlorophyll minimizing or the, 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 the removing of the chlorophyll is done at the very at, at, during the at, at the beginning of the flush slash leech to the moment you put them in the jar you know and that's after that that's a different process you know and the, curing it is that final stage of being able to pr- pull out that that re- remaining um, potential that that plant has um, I believe if you don't properly cure you know there's there's estimates out there that you know with a good proper cure you can pull out that remaining you know 10 percent you know per se of of say potency or 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 trichome production slash um uh development and i think that's obvious in in my own anecdotal evidence you know it's like when i when i don't get things into a good cure and it's a fast dry and it's out of the jar it's 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 not very tasty. It's not as potent as something that sits in the jar, grabs that little bit of a cure. Those trichomes, those cannabinoids develop to their potential. That's when I've got the best tasting weed. So I, I you know I, I believe that the 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 removal of chlorophyll is a huge portion of of maintaining those terp- terpenes and cannabinoids. No, for sure. I'm not sure how that tied in. I mean, look at like DJ going. Short. Um, he's iconically known for crazy ass long cure times. Well, he's had stuff that he's cured for like years, which is nuts to me, but on average, like six months is what he'll do. So it's, it's, it really depends. I think cultivar specific is a big thing. If you've got very thick, dense buds, it's going to definitely have to cure more. If you've got more airy, you know, sativa like buds, it's probably not going to be as much of a, of a long drying cure. Cause a lot of it is that moisture that you have to remove from there. That's going to be stuck within that stem and stuck in the plant itself. So it's like uh, trying to get that all out is, is huge. It's super important, but People mess up often with the over dry it too quick before they go into that process. And it's like, you'll trap that chlorophyll within the plant. I, I've got a buddy for years. I don't know why he does it. And I fucking scream at him about it. He puts a fan right on his plants and a heater that has dry heat, like right on his, his, his plant hanging. I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? And his stuff is beautiful. His bedroom is amazing. His flower is amazing. His end product is always mids, pretty mids. 
always for year, like a decade. And I'm like, dude, and he's like, I don't know how you get the flavor out of this shit, bro. You always get the killer flavor there, Robbie. I don't know what you're doing. Like, you're blowing the flavor right off the bud, bro. You're trapping yeah. it, bro. You're trapping it. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? One of the most <sighs> one of the most common questions I get, and I see it from Joshua Farms VA uh, in tw- on Twitch. And if you guys don't know, on YouTube, we do record these episodes live twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, roughly around one p.m. Eastern Standard. If you're around for that, um, so come over, join Twitch.tv/slash/FromTheStashPodcast. But Joshua asks, how long would you consider a long enough cure? Um, and I think that's a common question. Now, the last time I, I like I, I really looked into this in terms of you know information wise, you know, uh, uh, was it six months that they that I heard that after six months you're you're no longer you're storing at that you're point. you're storing you're not you're not curing anymore. Unlike a fine wine that continuously ferments and gets better with time. I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that. I'm not a wino. Um, the the after six months, your cure is, it's not doing anything anymore. You've already pulled that potential. Personally, to answer your question, Joshua, if, if, you're, if you're just harvesting, I have this rule of thumb that it's got to be a minimum of two weeks. And, and two weeks is not going to get you a good enough cure to be like, yes, this is the best weed I've had. No, actually, I believe a full month plus is kind of that, uh, is kind of that, that rule for, for me in terms of whether or not I'm going to start tasting it. But for you guys, Chris, what would be your ideal cure time um well i I believe that different cultivars are going to take you know different time in order to cure um now now kind of going back to the whole drying curing and storing you know in the grand scheme of things the most important thing i would say is the temperature and we already kind of talked about it right if you're drying i a lot of people say it's ideal to be under 70 degrees fahrenheit um, when you are drying and curing, a lot of people aim for 60 degrees Fahrenheit because um, they don't want to lose those terpenes, right? You're trying to preserve those terpenes during drying, curing, and storage. Um, so that even goes into curing, right? When you're curing, your temperature should be under 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Ideal state, a lot of people say, is 60 degrees Fahrenheit. When you are storing, same thing. I mean, the temperature, it's like it's got to, you know, stay under 70 if possible. Higher the temperature in any of those stages, um, the more terpenes you're going to lose. I actually have a wine fridge on the way, and I'm going to be storing mine, all mine, perfectly because summertime here, it gets like 80 degrees, like in my house and stuff. And I'm just losing terpenes. I, I mean, know. Safety, it's like 100 some degrees. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, inside, inside yeah. the house where I'm storing in darkness, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it can be in the 80s. And that's, I'm losing, <sighs> losing some flavor with that. You know what I mean? So if I have a wine fridge, perfect at, you know, 58 or 60 uh, degrees, um, whatever. I know there's some debate behind exactly what the best uh, storing temperature is. But uh, that's the way to preserve it, you know. No, I think that's perfect too. And, it, and it's a, just like I was seeing over here on Twitch, 109 Garden saying it's nice and slow. You want to take it nice and slow like Ursher, baby. Because if you don't, I'm telling you that plant is going to, all the work, everything you did, doesn't matter how good the genetics are, how you trained it, how you grew it, how long you grew it, the environmental conditions and the, the flowering. When you pulled it, that curing process is so important. It's crazy, man. I've smoked way too much stuff that tastes like lettuce and it's not good. you know. And, and the problem is, is, you get to that point, you can't go back. Once that chlorophyll is trapped in there, it's planty garbage. It's going to become hay-like at a certain point. And it's that's just, awesome, that yeah. sucks, man. And, and, and you know when you open up your jars, right? If you open up your jars, you're like, 
Oh, that stinks. Look at that whiff of stuff. Well, those are all the terpenes you just lost. Right. right? Yeah. Say nice. goodbye. <laughs> say goodbye to your terpenes. Say goodbye. Yeah. 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 Um, now, you, you didn't answer the question, Christopher. What? How long is it here? I said it depends <laughs> on genetics, right? Isn't that so ball, ballpark, I'm going to say. Ballpark. <laughs> ballpark, Chris, probably six what? Months. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say six I, weeks. I personally, yeah, I personally will um, let it dry, you know, one to two weeks for dry. Typically, I'm seven to ten days. Um, and then after that, you know, two weeks into cure is the earliest time I'll ever consume. But for the most part, I'm waiting 30 days before I consume. And then I don't really taste um, what we, we all believe is chlorophyll. You know, you can still kind of taste that chlorophyll when you're, um, you know, once, once you're dry and you smoke right away, you're still tasting something. A lot of people say it's chlorophyll. Um, that taste is usually gone, like at the 30 day mark, you know, so four to six weeks, you know, roughly, but it, it, I feel like it gets better and better up to like the six months mark. And then it kind of degrades from there. But, um, yeah, that's just my, uh, my take on things. Yeah, I'm pretty similar on that. Uh, you know, supply really dictates the uh, the length of storage. Uh, those I, I've I'll always go said. Buy a QP in a heartbeat. That's what I've said. Yeah. Though it, it takes weed to grow weed. That's you know when I have a how to grow weed video, and literally step like three is you need to grow weed or you need to have weed to grow weed because if you don't, you're just gonna you're gonna snip off a bud every time you get hungry, and you know next thing you know you've got a fridge with no food in it. Uh, so. ideally too one of the most common questions i get is my weed smells like hay what it what did i do uh chances are it dried way too fast and it was a poor flush um that that's what my experience is i've never had uh really hay weed before um but through my travels if 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 you have a poor harvest um and and a fast dry it's gonna it you've you've evaporated you're literally sitting with grass weed in your jar it's got no more it's got no more cannabinoid profiles it it doesn't have anything it evaporated as you open those jars it's gone so uh it, it's just an improper cure improper dry um and and that's why we kind of stress that those last few weeks those last couple months that they are the most important because you can fail at any point before harvest and it's whoops you know, I, I did, you didn't lose the bud. You didn't lose the weed. You didn't lose, you just lost the potential of, but when you get to curing and drying, you know, uh, you, you're looking at all that weed and if you over dry it, it's gone, it's done. It's no good anymore. You, you bunked it. So it's, you know, it, it is the most important process. Now, I don't yeah, know if you that's spoke that's with the flushing part. I think you meant drying, poor drying. Cause you said poor flushing poor didn't touch on, didn't touch on oh, water. No, no again poor drying. Sorry. Yeah. Poor drying, poor cure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fast dry, poor, poor cure. Pulled That's too what early is another, is another too early or too late. I'm telling you, it's a big one, man. Like I've had my headbanger in particular, they're just trying it out that I've pulled too late and it looked the best it's ever had. It had a purplish hue. Trichomes were great. Flavor was super minimal. It's like, fuck, like what the fuck, man? Everything else, every other variable was spot on other than that. And headbanger is the one that I can say I've had controlled experiments with. I know from this or from this, from this, because it's my smoke. It's my favorite one. And I see the difference in dialing in that time, drying it the right amount of time, jarring it perfectly, making sure you're not doing anything, anything off in that last part. That's the most important part is the harvesting. Yield is, is not a conversation there. It's the quality is where we're at because it's like you can ruin the best bud in your fucking garden just by pulling it not at the right time getting a shitty dry and then the bad cure can't do that yeah and 
um, in my experience, the hay smell, I've gotten on three different occasions. Too fast of a dry, just like Fidgen says, matches up. You know, too fast of a dry, get that hay smell. Too slow of a dry, I've actually gotten hay smell from that as well. Although one may argue that it's uh, mold, you know, too too um, too slow of dry, mold is is happening. Um, and then also over fertilizing. So I've over fertilized plants, harvested them, and you get that hay smell. Now, in my experience, uh, again, I um, have been able to recover. So sometimes you get that hay smell to begin. Um, maybe, you know, you get it at harvest. Maybe you get it a few days into drying. Um, maybe you get a few days into curing. But over time, I've had some plants that actually recovered from it. And their terpene, terpene, can't speak, terpene profile turned out to be just fine, you know, with, with a normal cure. So, um, yeah, it's kind of weird how that hay smell kind of comes and goes and how it happens and so on and so forth. It sucks ass the- when you get it, though. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't had the hay smell. I've had the ammonia smell. So when you open up your jar, uh, you, you you didn't dry it long enough, and it's mold. It's typically mold. Typically, you can smell it before you see it. So that's something to keep in mind too. It's a different story, but or a different conversation. But you'll open it up, and it'll just be a heavy ammonia smell. Um, and then I I feel like those buds will never dry. You know, um, I, I can leave them out, and like they just stay moist in some weird way. Um, and I think that has to do with like a mold preservation. I think there's mold going on inside. It's like a whole microbial environment and it doesn't go away. So very important, the timing of your dry or the timing of your cure and and, and the moisture content or the moisture level of your flower when they go into the jar, it it is very important. And I think we kind of touched on that before too. When we talked about the stem snapping, when to get it in there, uh, personally, you know, every environment is a little bit different. I do believe that if you hear a of the stem it is a bit it's it's too dry it's too dry um you do you you do want it to you do want it to bend and 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 kind of crease and a little bit of a like a little bit of a snap but it shouldn't it shouldn't crisp underneath your uh underneath your fingers so yeah i I haven't had the hay smell per se but i've had the ammonia smell and i've thrown ounces if not pounds of weed away because of mold ugly yeah and and people know about this if you have gone to your local dope man and you don't grow yourself sometimes you grow yourself it does happen but i feel like if you're following us if you're following other good content creators it it shouldn't happen if you're doing due diligence we're in 2021 right now it's a lot of good information out there so you should be good to go Um, but i think for the most part that covers it man we went from you know picking out the genetics all the way over to fucking cutting them down and curing so that's what it really boils down to i mean great Great Just combo. quick though, uh, you know, Bud Bud Scroggins says many folks misuse Bavita packs, and I think it's actually worth worth mentioning that I do believe I agree with that statement. I believe people kind of use it like the analogy of a, a lost in, lost with a gun. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but somebody like statistically, somebody who gets lost with a gun is less likely to survive than somebody who gets lost without one. You're, you you become you become reliant on on your tool. You become confident in the tool rather than confident in yourself and i strongly believe that bovita packs leave that 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 false level of of confidence they give you that the idea that you know i'll throw a bovita pack in there and it's just going to raise and lower the temperature to exactly that 62 percent. and that's not that that's not the case at all these these bovita packs and correct me if i'm wrong this could be too high but i believe those bovita bovita packs only correct plus minus five percent or will you say as high and as And they're 10? for storage too. They're not right, for right, scary. right. 
but I'm just, you know, it, you can't, you can't put wet weed. Oh, they do. Oh yeah. Yeah. People uh, like I've I, not a Bovita pack per se, but I use a hydrometer, but anyways, anyways, um, yeah, you want a thermal hydrometer or something because you can see your, your yeah. humidity and temperature, but, but a Bovita pack is going to give you the fa- false conscience. It's, it's not that you can't use them. You can use them and you can use them quite well. They are good at what they are made for. And that's to regulate a moisture plus minus. I think it's actually only 2%, but it might be 5%, whatever. Um, people will drop the packs in their jars are at like 75, 80% and they just shut the lid and away they go and hope that that yes, Bovita yeah, pack what is going to help storage it. though. Like, you know what I'm saying? This right. Storage. Super right. You know, maintain at that temperature. Yeah. Not really. You know, you shouldn't be putting in my opinion, you shouldn't be putting them in jars if you're at like 70% and, ho- and assuming that that's going to lower down to 62%. No, in my experience, that, that doesn't happen. The idea would be to get it to 60, 60%, 65%, then put the Bavita pack in there. Get it to well, your percentage, and then and then for storage, keep the Bavita pack in there to maintain that moisture level. Well, it's not like this thing's a sponge that's going to absorb your moisture and keep it at a certain you know percentage there. So I think that's people got to think about that. Step back and use the common sense. Like, is this little sugar packet looking thing going to somehow take away the moisture to the right exact percentage and keep it there in this container just because it's in there? Like, I feel like you'd have to have an electric machine to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You, a a you moisture know. pack is going to do this <laughs> yeah. for you? Yeah. I, I, there's that, a lot that of. That me off guard, boys. I'm not going to lie. Never Bavita gets it. a lot of shit. They get a lot of shit. Bavita mm-hmm. ruined weed. Bavita's ruined my entire harvest. Bavita uh, didn't do shit. They provided that. a tool and you used it incorrectly. Now, yeah. yeah I know there's regardless. some people that say that the. Uh, <laughs> That the terpene profile is it gets worse with Bovita because it sucks out the terpenes or something. It's like I don't think that's strong enough to like suck out the terpenes. <laughs> it's just like some of the stuff you hear is like just gross. Science. Well, then I'm gonna take my next Bovita really? pack and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> suck on it. Uh, For the purposes of this video, I do not encourage anybody to suck on a Bovita pack. Don't do it. Don't do it. But what I do suggest you do is if we miss something, something we didn't say, if you're over here on Twitch, we'd love to still continue talking about it after. Yeah, we're going to blaze after the show. Let yeah, us know what you're on thinking. YouTube or you're listening over on area, you can listen on things on. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, man, because we, again, we're, this is our experience. Three growers have been doing it probably like 30 years together now, which is crazy to say. But as long right. as they've been alive, we've all collectively been growing. So it's, it's uh, just a lot of trial and error. And we just want to be able to help you guys and gals avoid that error. And just get right to the dank. So, and if we miss anything, said, let us know. Let us yeah. know. You know. That being said, uh, it's your boy Rob from COTV, Pigeon420, Mr. Grow It, Twitch. Stick around, YouTube. See you next time. Peace. Peace.